Hey, time for you to reach your full potential. Getting into health and fitness, this is what you're missing. Going harder, ain't nothing gonna stop you. Go on a journey with genetics coach Laura Rogers. Yeah, here to take you to the next level. Been in the health and fitness industry since 07. Working with so many athletes. Push it to the limit with world champions, yeah, and some Paralympians. Hey, working from Brisbane to Singapore. We train, we going hard. All out, we keep it raw. Laura Rogers, let's go. In this week's episode of Real Talk, I speak with my gal pal, Jade Anden, who works as a nutritionist and personal trainer here in the Little Red Dot of Singapore. I love the conversations that Jade and myself have. They're often very thought-provoking for myself. And in this episode, well, we do not disappoint. We discuss the extremes of the health and fitness industry because this is one component and element of the industry I really believe needs to change. And I think we are finally starting to see that. We can be so quick to label something as right or wrong, good or bad. One day carbs are great if they're from natural sources. The next they're absolutely the devil and should not be consumed after 6pm under no circumstances whatsoever. Who's to know what is in fact good for you and going to help you when we continue to take this black and white approach? Context is everything when it comes to making the right decision for you in this moment. And that is something I see Jade working on in developing with her clients. I think it is something we really need more of in this industry. And so we discuss a few examples where there's a little bit of room for improvement. And by a little, I mean like quite a bit. <laughs> I think you picked up on that. So Please enjoy this conversation and be sure to connect with Jade on the links and platforms provided. I hope you have some powerful takeaways. This was a really moving conversation for myself. Enjoy. It's even more obvious the more people that I talk to. Mm. It's that time, how long is it going to take? You know, how hard and fast can we go? And what is that result going to look like? It's kind of mm. those, those things. And, yeah, it's really symptomatic of the way fitness is sold to people. I would totally. Say. Yeah, I really echo that. And I, I do wonder if, I mean, it would be interesting to get statistics on how many people, for example, take something of the nature of a 30-day challenge and then take that further for themselves, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is what we hope, right? We hope people dip their toe in the water. We hope people try something in the health and fitness realm in order to better themselves, better their fitness, better their health, so that they can live a, a longer, higher quality life. Though it would be interesting to know, you know, what is then the crossover between the 30-day challenge and the, the one-year mark? How many of those mm-hmm. people are still training after a year or still proactively working in the health and fitness after a year and two years and five years? Mm-hmm. Because... Mm-hmm. That's where we really see the transformation. That's where we have the space and the opportunity to transform someone's life because behavioral change takes so much longer than people realize. I mean, it's not 21 days. It's in fact minimum. Last I read was minimum 66 and that's about 10 weeks or so. That's huge. Do you know? And what my, my swimming coach, I have a background as an elite level swimmer. What my coach used to re- reiterate to me was, if I have swum butterfly with technique, you know, which is not quite optimal, let's say my left arm does something strange when it enters the water. I, if I've done that 10,000 times, I then need to do it correctly 20,000 times before it's ingrained, before it's habitual, before it's second nature, before I can do it and not even think about it being done. Yeah. And so if you've woken up and thought the same thoughts and felt the same way, about yourself and seeing yourself the same way in the mirror and nourished yourself the same way and, you know, looked after yourself or not looked after yourself in the same way day in and day out for God knows how long, five years, 10 years, 15, 20, maybe longer. Why is there an expectation that you can just control Z that shit in like six months or 30 days? I mean, it's so much more than just calories and sweating. It's just mm. 
so much more than calories and, you know, burning. It's so much more than that. I mean, it's, for me, it's really how do I positively influence how someone sees themselves? Because that's where transformation can really occur. That is the essence mm. of transformation. It's when you challenge someone's thoughts that they learn to challenge their own thoughts for themselves, that they start to see themselves in a different light and they start to see opportunity where they never saw opportunity before. You know, they start to think, well, you know, on this 30-minute call, maybe I can walk outside because I'm primarily listening and not really speaking. I don't need to be on a laptop. You know, people and people give themselves permission to celebrate that instead of beating themselves up for not doing a workout that day. They start to look for opportunity instead. Mm. And when you start to identify as a person who, for example, exercises on a regular basis, who nourishes themselves, who like easily and naturally gets, let's say, 1.5 grams of protein per kilo of body weight per day, just as examples, then there's no longer that friction there of I have to do this challenge to get to where I want to be. It's No, that's just my identity. It's just built in. That's Mm. just how I am. That's how I see myself. And it's a challenging thing to explain to other people when other people are like, well, this is Laura's 12th or 13th year of training. How does she do it? I'm like, because it is in my DNA. Like Mm. I am just an active person and like genuinely enjoy exercise and feel better for it. Even on the days where working out is a challenge for me, I always feel better 99.9% of times for having done it. And you're so right. There is so much expectation that I'm going to have all of my health and fitness figured out in 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. And like, you're not even getting started after 12 weeks. Let me tell you that. This is my 12th straight year of this chapter of my training. And I can safely say you are not even 1% deep into this mm-hmm. shit after 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. It's a big part of the reason why I don't work with anyone for less than 12 weeks as well, because we need 10 weeks to see actual tangible change. I'm hoping that by the 12 week mark, people are seeing the value of this. They're either really, really serious about taking it further for themselves or, you know, maybe they just need more time to be more ready. You know, like everyone's ready for different amounts of change at different points in time. What is it that you observe about people who effectively create change when they come to you? Can you pretty quickly tell if this person is going to really be doing this in two years and five years and 10 years or what's the vibe that you get? I definitely can. And, you know, I think for me, one of the kind of, I won't say a red, I'll say, yeah, it's kind of like an orange flag. If someone, (laughs) how long is this going to take? And I'm like, okay, it's going to take the rest of your life. You know, it's going to take the rest of your life and it's going to be, difficult and there's going to be days where it's super hard correct and you have to have enough self-compassion to say okay I can do it today or I can't do it today or you know make that decision based on whatever's going on in your life but it's Mm. for me anyone that tells me that that, you know they want to they've got like a timeline so and it's not to say that I don't work with people who Mm -hmm. have this kind of a timeline in mind or something for me anything less than like three or four months mm-hmm. is generally unrealistic for most of the, I would say for an untrained individual. For someone mm-hmm. that's coming to me with training background, with, you know, a balanced approach to their nutrition, we could probably speed up the dial. Mm-hmm. And that would be something that I would decide on a case by case basis. But generally I work with the general population. I work with untrained individuals. I work with people yeah. who are struggling with all of these facets Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm able to tell pretty quickly whether they're just looking for a bandaid, a quick fix mm-hmm. or a quick result or a before and after, or if they are actually willing to commit, commit. for a longer period of time yeah. and, you know, understand that it's going to be bumpy and that mm. it's not going to be smooth and that they're going to have to learn a, be willing and open to learn a lot about themselves along the journey too. And I think that's kind of the thing. If someone is coming to me and they're kind of like not very self-aware, if they are just looking for a quick result, if they are like, you know, how quickly can you get me there? I would probably, I would probably have some hesitation in terms of taking on a client who who had that kind of expectation and mindset around it. Mm. Because 
you know, I, I've talked, I've spoken about this as well. You know, I think coach client fit is also super important too. So mm. like you, I don't take on anyone who would want to work together for three months. I would say generally for most people, it's six months mm. in reality. And, you know, I think you can tell pretty quickly when you start sharing this kind of reality with people yeah. whether or not they are going to, you know, they are really looking to stick with it for life and they yeah. are really looking to change, you know, their habits and their their health, you know, and yeah. that's kind of it. It's not going to happen in a three-month transformation as amazing as it is. And I'm not, you know, putting down other coaches who do work in this kind of uh, model. Uh, mm. It's just not every client for me and not the clients that I want to work with, not every client is going to be successful for a long time mm. implementing this kind of model. I think I answered your question in a very long-winded way. <laughs> no, it's good though because, I mean, it kind of breaks down your, your line of thinking too, which I don't think people understand when they approach a, a trainer or a health and fitness professional. I think often the stance is, well, I want to lose perhaps X amount of kilos and X amount of body fat percentage, so you're going to help me with that. I'm like, it's a two-way street, like, I have to feel like I'm having impact on your life and you probably want to feel like I'm impacting yours. So if I don't feel as though I'm having a positive influence on your life because you're not applying everything that I've suggested to you, you're not being consistent with your training, you're not logging, you know, what you're eating as you said you were going to because that ties into the goals that you identified as wanting to work towards, why would I continue to work with you? Like, just because you're paying me doesn't mean that I'm interested in working with you. Do you know? For me, I, I think it's a, a great sign of a of a good coach, someone who does pick and choose who they work with because are we really helping people if we're trying to help everybody? Now, I love to spread my influence far and wide and hence, you know, part of the reason why I started this podcast in the first place. You know, I can reach people who I can't reach, you know, on my own doorstep here in Singapore. But if I pretended that I could help a triathlete get to the world championships, I wouldn't be doing them a service because that's not my demographic. I'm not well-versed in triathlon. I hate running. <laughs> that's already a third of the Which sport. you've made abundantly clear, I think, yeah. on many occasions. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, like we run if there's a tsunami, we run if there's a really good sail, and that's about it, you know. They're the circumstances. So that's already a third of the sport, like, I can't take care of. Mm. And I, I think there's too many health and fitness professionals. Oh my god! Don't even get me started with chiropractors who want to give advice on thyroid and this endocrine condition and that endocrine condition. I mean, it's just like mental. So mm. I, think but I mean, I think that's happening in 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 every in every occupation. occupation. Everybody wants yeah. to stick their nose into and I've spoken about it as well like yeah. everyone wants to kind of be a everyone wants to be a hormone expert everyone yeah. wants to deal with you know a small piece of like people with PCOS or people yeah. with thyroid or whatever the hell it might be Correct. and of course you know we might be here to help but we can't we, we also are not trained so yeah so we can't no. we can't help everyone and nor do we have yes. the skills mm, exactly and so I think, you know, it makes complete sense if we filter who comes to us with that expectation in mind of, well, you expect to lose 10 kilos and working with me. Guess what? I expect you to train three times a week. I expect you to log 90% of what you're eating so that I can help you make adjustments in terms of what you're consuming from a nutrition standpoint. You know, again, it can't just be all one direction because... And I get the same vibe when people come to you and it's kind of like, well, I've hired you, so now I'm going to get results. I'm like, no, now I'm going to get feedback. <laughs> and I'm here to streamline the abundance of misinformation that exists out there in the health and fitness industry. And I'm here to tailor it to the person in front of me and help them make sense of it. But I can't make someone apply something. If mm. I can, and you know this too, right? We can give them all the information in the world. We can tailor that to them. We can streamline it to them. If they're not going to do the work, we cannot get people results. And again, I think it's why people get shiny object syndrome where they just want to do this 30-day challenge and that 30-day challenge. And this one's different for this reason. This one's slightly different or better to the last one they did for that reason. And, oh, look, suddenly I'm motivated because now it's summer or almost summer. So now I've got to get my quote-unquote bikini body, like whatever the fuck that is. And... Now I'm just going to avoid carbs and alcohol for the next 30 days and hopefully lose five kilos and feel better about myself. Like, 
you still have the same mindset you did when you did the last 30 day challenge and the one before that and the one before that. So if your mindset is still the same, what the fuck makes you think you're going to get longer lasting or better quality results? You know, no one wants to look within and look at challenging the way that they see themselves because that's painful and confronting. Also, I don't think we're taught to do that. I mean, when my coach Cody said to me, when was the last time you had a completely new and different thought? I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to fix my thinking. And I think that is something seriously missing from the coaching industry. Mm. What are we doing with people's thoughts? How are we helping people think differently? Because that for me, again, is like you want transformation. You got to see yourself differently. How do you see yourself differently? You become more aware of your thoughts. How do you become more aware of your thoughts? I mean, that's that's like a muscle to flex, which no one really talks about. Mm. How is it that you you must work with people in challenging the thoughts and perspectives that they have, right? Like we're so quick to label food as being good or bad. I mean, that's such a common one. Like I had this and I'm a good person and I ate that and I'm a bad person and then it just went downhill from there. What is it that you see in that regards to extremes in the nutrition scope of health and fitness? I would say that everybody wants, it took me a while, it wasn't for you. Oh, there was a lot of thinking right out. Yeah, there was a lot of thinking. You know, I think it's the hardest thing when it comes to this is that there is, as you said, an abundance of information and there's an abundance of misinformation. Mm. And we've also been, you know, literally fed lies about nutrition Mm. for marketing purposes, for people to earn money for our entire lives, let's face it. And so this idea that foods are good or bad or that there are particular foods which are going to get us to where we want to go a lot faster kind of help fuel these, these businesses make more money and profit from us. And they are profiting from the fact that the general population have has a very minimal nutritional literacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that you, and I would say many trainers have very minimal, true nutritional literacy. Mm-hmm. They don't really understand energy balance. They probably are victims of diet culture themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they are probably, I would say probably not deliberately, probably unknowingly proliferating these kind of ideas of good and bad. So Mm. basically everyone that comes to me has some kind of concern around the types of food that they're eating. And one of the things that I lay out on the table very, very early on is that I don't care what you eat. Okay. I really, you know, I, there is nothing wrong, bad, good, whatever, heavenly, saintly, sinful, whatever you want to call it, about the food that goes into your mouth. And people are really shocked Mm. because they are so used to judging themselves for what they eat. And I know you talk about judgment a lot. And it's easy to say, oh, I'm a bad person because I ate this food or this was so bad, you know, and I'm like, why was it bad? Why was it bad to have a bit of chocolate? Like, mm. why was it, why is, you know, having banana, my current thing is banana bread for breakfast. Banana bread for breakfast. <laughs> it's not bad. It's, it's so freaking delicious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and so I think only, you know, through educating people, honestly, I just think only through educating people, only through setting an example mm. of what nutrition, what being, you know, a health-seeking individual looks like, can we really, really change people's minds? Mm. And I personally, I try and and do it through the education that I give my clients. I try and create an an environment where there is minimal judgment, Mm. where we encourage things like people enjoying social events, enjoying cultural foods, you know, giving people examples that, you know, cultural foods are not unhealthy, that Western food is should not be put on a pedestal of health and wealth mm, mm. Uh, or health and goodness, that there are so many different ways to approach nutrition. And once you understand the fundamentals and you stop labeling foods, like you stop labeling carbs as bad or fats as bad or whatever, you get freedom. And once yeah. you have education, you are 
super free to make the decision that you want to make around mm. the foods that you choose to eat. So I don't know if I answered that, but like, <laughs> not kind of way. And I I think the other thing is really for me, I try and create an example, you know, a positive example of someone who is very focused on nutrition because I do really care about what I eat and, you know, the types of food that I eat, but not in a way which creates shame or judgment Mm. around, around food. And I think that's, you know, it would be great to see more other fit pros do the same, not just Post their healthy meals or not just because mm. what you know people want to see think that they they're eating all of the time because they're not true I think too don't you think it's interesting I've noticed a lot of people who I work with almost seem to expect judgment when they share that they ate something which was perhaps not the most nutritious do you know when if someone shares with me that they may have eaten dessert or they may have had you know, fast food or takeaway. I I try and have my response be as neutral as possible. Uh, same with when my my clients, when we update their measurements, their body measurements, that so we check their weight and do their body fat percentage and take measure measurements. I try and have my response be neutral because I value the person more than I care about mm. their weight. I don't like someone more because they weigh less. Mm. And I really want to be conscious of not seeming to value a person more at 70 kilos than 75 kilos do you know and I love being a part of someone's journey and if I help to get them from 75 to 70 as an example you know lucky me that I get to be a part of that but what I'm also looking for is that they're transforming as a person and that they're learning and that they're building life skills which are going Mm -hmm. to be with them if for example they travel for business or for pleasure and that they're still making those choices that are going to move them in the direction of their goals because yeah. they've actually built a skill. Mm. And when we we really do a disservice by people when we label things as good and bad because we're completely eliminating those 5,000 shades of grey, <laughs> which is context, right? And it can be just as important for one person to eat a slice of pizza and feel completely okay with it as it is for the next person to say no to a slice of pizza and be completely okay with it. And that could even be the same person in different moments, do you know? And so I think where the health and fitness industry in particular has really gone wrong or where it's really, really not helped people is when it puts that blanket term on something as being bad or unhealthy because we need to stop letting people you know think in extremes if we really want to help them we need to give them context like okay when is it most helpful to be consuming carbohydrates when is it most useful to be consuming caffeine when is it most useful to be consuming a protein rich food you know when do you want to for lack of a better term indulge when it comes to calories what does true indulgence look like? Because to me, it doesn't come with a side portion of guilt. Mm. That is not actually indulgence. That's just you finding another reason to judge yourself and, hey, we don't need help with judging ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I, I almost find it interesting that people a lot of the time seem to expect judgment and it's like they're waiting for my facial expression to change or waiting for me to say something like, oh, naughty you. It's like... Okay, but what did you do next? So you didn't have the most nourishing meal in the universe for dinner. Okay, it's like, but what was your next meal like? What what happened next? It's more interesting mm. to me. And and how did you feel? Like you know, yeah, were you what? As you said, what was the context of the meal? Was it a meal that you enjoyed with your family? Was it something that brought back memories? Mm-hmm. You know, like, or were you just genuinely like super damn busy that day and didn't have time to get anything else? So yeah, whatever you ate was you know, what you needed on that day or what you could get on that day. And that's correct. Day two. And that's better than starving. Like let's yeah. remember that as well, which exactly. I think a lot of people forget, you know, it's like, oh, I only had a protein bar for lunch. I'm like, okay, so how can we do better next time? Is there a reason why it was only a protein bar? Because it's better than not eating at all, but also maybe not the greatest version of a lunch. Do you know, again, mm. it's like, 
what is the spectrum? You know, let's let's remember that there's a spectrum and between like super, super nutritious and amazing and like super, super non-nutritious and not amazing. There's again, like millions of variations and examples of different levels of decision-making and different circumstances and different contexts. And we make different choices because we're in different states. We're never, ever the exact same person. You know, every time I train someone, I have to remind them, you are not the exact same person you were when I trained you, you know, two days ago because that was a different day. So if the weights felt heavy today, that's okay. You know, it's if you've had a different workload, you had different sleep, you have different stress levels, you had different hydration, you had different nutrition. And I think we just have to remember we're all doing the best we can. So when we encourage people to, you know, just maybe do a little bit better next time, this is what maybe a more nutritious lunch could be. Or if we're in the same situation again, what can we do differently instead of just being like, oh, well, that was a shit decision. <laughs> or, or you ate fast food. Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, again yeah there is like, space yes yes exactly there's a big space that people don't want to accept mm. i think mm-hmm. that it's funny that you brought up the, the the idea of fast food i think one of the things that people most fear when they come to see me for nutrition mm-hmm. um and are about to embark on a journey is like oh my gosh do i have to give up X, 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 you know, Correct. and I'm like, well, you don't have to give it up, but I, you know, you will probably, you might, and I can say this because every situation is different. You might mm-hmm. want to reconsider the frequency with which you make these kind of choices, you know, mm. because ultimately these decisions aren't going to get you to where whatever goal it is you might want to work towards, whether it's, you know, health metrics or whatever, you know, are these decisions helping you or hindering you in the big picture and how important is having this particular meal to you on this day? You know, a lot of people really fear what they have to give up um, Correct. when embarking on a, on a journey and they kind of think they have to give up everything and that's kind of mm. another, that mentality of all or nothing. Correct. You know, I have to give up everything. I have to give up, lose all the joy from my life. I have to be like a miserable. Yes, I have to be I must, miserable. I'm, I'm, I'm only going. And actually, one of my clients said this to me. I feel like I will only be successful if I'm miserable through the process, and this process doesn't feel hard. Wow. And I, it was such a light bulb moment for mm. me to hear this because mm. I think so many people share this sentiment, but they're not aware of it. And uh, and so I questioned them back and I said, well, how hard do you think it should be? Mm. You know, like, tell me, I, I want to know how hard you think this should be. And, you know, and they were like, oh, I, I'm not sure. But I, every time I've had to, you know, work on my health, my health I have suffered. I said, well, mm. perhaps this is your opportunity to change that narrative, mm. you know, that you don't have, that you will have to give things up, but you yes. won't have to suffer every single day. You won't have mm. to wake up and think, oh, my God, I can I do another day, you know, and mm. when it's going to end because it's never going to end. When you start making helpful decisions that make sense for you and that, don't make you kill every single ounce of joy that you have in your life, then you should be able to do it for a very considerable amount of time. Yeah. That's kind of the goal as opposed to yeah. saying, you know, I want to get to this point, whether it's, you know, health metric, body composition, whatever. No, the goal is, is this repeatable? Yeah, totally. That's the goal. Yeah. That's such a and great way to embracing say Embracing that process and finding that process that makes sense for you mm. is the winning ingredient that's the magic pill Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because too then it's effort but it's not a consuming amount of effort it's something you have to think about initially because it's different it's not quite what you're used to it's going to require concerted yeah effort that's unavoidable but it shouldn't be so much so that it becomes like like it absorbs you the stress should not absorb you it should be like 
oh, that's right. I need to make sure I get a little bit more protein at lunchtime so that I'm not dead freaking starving by dinner time. And that is like a very, for most people, you know, with the right guidance, a very doable, achievable, you know, task. And that's something that I, I work with on my own clients on. It's like, I just want your portion of protein to be a little bit more at lunchtime because a lot of people get hungry at 3 or 4 p.m. If they have back-to-back calls because they're with you, if they're working with other time zones, maybe it's not so feasible to have a snack or a meal in the afternoon, in which case it totally makes sense to have a bit more protein, maybe a bit more fiber at lunchtime. And so, again, it's a bit more thought, but it's not like, oh, my God, I have to, you know, spend three hours preparing this meal or I don't have to go to some random health specialty store on the other side of town to get this one secret ingredient, which is going to help me shed the kilos. The organic quinoa that was like grown by virgins under the moon. I love to use this example, but like literally that's it. Do I have to eat organic or, you know, do I have to like buy, do I have to buy special ingredients is the other question Mm. that I get Mm. a whole lot. And I'm like, no, you just have to like buy those and whole foods. And then like, it's, it's, they're like, oh, that that's all. And I'm like, well, you know, there's work, but. Yeah. And I think too, the power lies in seeing it as an evolution rather than going from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. So when you help people go from zero to 10 or 20, let's say, and as you said, sustain that to the point where it's like, okay, I know that if I have back to back calls in the afternoon, I just got to eat a little bit more protein at lunch. Yeah. And now I don't even think about it. Like it's yeah. just second nature yeah. to me. Exactly. I'm like, cool, now where do we take this? Do we want to work on the next thing? And if so, what does the next thing look like? And when you let people have input, when you let people kind of guide that direction, rather than being a top-down approach of, oh, well, you need to get to 25% body fat in the next six months because some chart says that that's optimal. Meanwhile, again, like your enjoyment of life goes down, your stress levels go up, no Mm. one needs help being stressed, we're all stressed as it is. Are we really helping people? Yeah, like I'm inclined to say not with that approach because we're failing to recognize that every single person's lifestyle and priorities and goals and desires are different. And I think the health and fitness industry kind of puts this golden metric of body composition on a on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, if you're not aiming or trying to look like this or if you're not trying to be this body fat percentage if you're not trying to have abs and you know defined shoulders then why are you even trying in the first place like there's no room for you here you can't sit with us if your goal is not of that origin or nature I'm like dude if I help someone live like five years longer because they understand nutrition on a deeper level, then haven't I done my job? If they get five more quality years with their children and their spouse and family members, yeah. can you put a price on that? Like seriously? I, I feel sometimes it's just so one-dimensional. And again, we're kind of ignoring the space for the people who, let's say their health when they started with someone like myself or yourself was like, three out of 10 in working with us we've got it to like a five or six those shifts are monumental Mm. and I think there needs to be more space in the health and fitness industry to recognize all the people who are doing that yeah and not just right not just the people who are going from like a four out of ten for their health and trying to get to like 11 Mm-hmm. But I think also like the the internal, you know, the internal transformations are much more powerful and lead uh, are in fact the things which lead to that long lasting change as opposed mm. to, I mean, look, if someone comes with a body composition goal or a health metric goal, I mean, these things are very easy to measure. Okay. Correct. And it's easy for us to measure these. Super it's tangible. Also, yeah. So if the client's willing to put the work in, you know, and they're committed to the goal. Our job is not that hard, let's be mm. honest, okay? Mm. It's it's not, okay? But the shifts that we see, the, for me, the shifts that I see in terms of 
my clients' perspective towards themselves, their perspectives towards the behaviors that they do on a daily basis and the change in their identity are mm-hmm. not things that you can show on an Instagram before and after. Yeah. And these are not things which, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they're not really shareable things because we don't kind of like, a lot of people are not really sort of out, like very outspoken about their, you know, the internal perspectives or their mindset and whatnot. Mm. But these for me are the things that like make me proud as a coach. You know, mm. when a client says to me, you know, I'm, I, you know, I was chasing this, but now I'm like more about, I'm actually think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy when I look in the mirror every day because I know that I'm working towards something that is going to give me a better quality of life down the track. Mm. Or I don't judge myself every time I, if I want to step on the scale or I don't even feel like I need to step on the scale anymore because it doesn't matter. Yeah. I'm able to cook, you know, healthy meals for my family or I'm able to add some vegetables or some protein to a meal because that's who I am now. I'm like, that's changed. That's totally. That's better than, you know, that for me that's better than any 12-week transformation. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Not discounting that hard work doesn't go into that. It does. But how are we shifting people's perspectives? How are we shifting their mindset? How are we giving them the tools to get through life, as you said, to make decisions on a daily basis based on their mm. identity, based on the, the knowledge that they now have? Mm. That's really cool to me. That makes me really happy. Totally. And that makes me feel like I do meaningful work. Uh, because two people then see, not only do they see themselves differently, they start to define health differently. And I think a lot of people start because they want to look better, but they perhaps don't realize that in order to, you know, quote unquote, look better, to use their words, is, you know, often they need to just be a bit nicer to themselves and give themselves a chance <laughs> and pay a little more attention to their successes. Mm. And if someone goes from having, let's say, maybe one positive thought about themselves a day to 10, is that not huge? Like, don't you think a person who thinks more highly of themselves is going to put more effort into their own health and fitness? Do you know, I I really see that as being so much more important than just berating someone for eating a fry. It's like... It's no one fry. eats a fry, Laura. Okay, Sorry. no one eats one fry. A bowl okay. of chips, please. Fry <laughs> <laughs> fan, okay. But it's it's you know, I again like these extremes of of people only thinking they're worthy of celebration and and feeling successful when they've lost a kilogram, and I'm like, yeah, but you now do a push-up and you look at me and you compliment how awesome your push-up was. And that is so satisfying. As a coach, when the women I train, if they do a push-up or a squat, they're like, that was good, right? I'm like, yeah, it was awesome. That just like my heart bursts with joy because you're letting people see themselves as being successful and success breeds success. And then they naturally just want to nourish themselves a bit more. And it, it's so satisfying when people are like, you know what, it was my first day, had a slice of cake, didn't feel bad about it, didn't go for a run the next day, I just got on with life. I'm like, do you know what, that's actually awesome. Mm-hmm. That is because how much stress are you saving someone when you give them permission to eat food they want to eat? And there's nothing yeah. wrong with wanting to eat birthday cake on your birthday or like, you can eat cake any time of the year, right? Like it doesn't have to be a birthday. So that to me, again, like you say, that's the non-tangible stuff. It's not something that is so easy to calculate or monitor or, but imagine if you could, like imagine if you could analyze people's thoughts for like a whole week and compare week one to like week 12 to like the six month mark to the 12 month mark. I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure that there would be some way of like measuring like your yeah. serotonin levels or like sure. the way your light, your brain lights up. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it would just be, I mean, it would be incredible. Truly. Yeah. But how, I mean, how do, I'm, I'm curious to know, like, how do you bring awareness? How do you get your clients to bring awareness to these kind of, mm-hmm. to their own shifting ideas? Because sometimes we're not mm-hmm. aware of our own. Totally. Thoughts. Yeah, that's a really good question. So 
I try and understand what someone is thinking. You know, if I sense that, let's say someone just did an exercise and if they look a little bit pensive, I'm really one to go there. Like I don't hold back with my clients. I expose as much of myself to them as I can. I share everything with them. You know, when's the time and place? But, you know, that allows them to share a lot more with me. And that's when I can really help them a lot more. So I'll pick their brain. I'll say, hey, what's, what's on your mind? What are you thinking right now? And they'll share. And I'll say, okay, cool. So then if they've got a, a disempowering narrative, if they're like, oh, that was a bit shit, I'll say, okay, well, what made it shit? Because who decided it was shit? <laughs> And so we kind of divulge a little bit further and break down their thoughts and break down their thoughts and break down their thoughts. And so it's, I guess, as a coach trying to become more aware of what someone might be thinking, which is leading to their current level of performance and ascertaining what that level of thought is. In terms of how empowering is it, how positive is it versus how disempowering is it, how negative is it? Because I want people to feel good about themselves and feel empowered and feel like every time they step in to work with me, they've had some level of success, whether it's they did a really good squat, whether honest to God, sometimes turning up is the hardest damn thing. So I celebrate that. And that's something I guess I really reiterate to people. It's it's okay to celebrate turning up because unless you turn up, I can't help you. And if that today was like the hardest thing on the planet and if you turned up, then we celebrate that and that's okay. Do you know? So how do you create more awareness? I guess it's just by, for me, asking what people are thinking, how are they feeling? Okay. And then go a step further. Well, what's the origin of that thought? Where does that thought come from? Is that something that you've heard growing up? Is that a way that your parents were towards you? Is that a way that your family members were towards each other. Is that something you observed? You know, for some of my clients, it was a negative PE experience where their physical education teacher didn't come across to them in the most positive way. And, you know, physical education, especially in Australia, is a huge deal, but was not the greatest experience for everyone I've trained. And so it's creating that, of course, physical, but also emotional safety, as you touched on earlier, and letting people just like word vomit <laughs> and letting them feel what they're feeling and just letting them share that with you. And if there's a crossover in terms of anything I've experienced, which is similar, or someone else I train has experienced, which is similar without disclosing identities, of course, then I really go out of my way to share that because we're all so much more, you know, alike than what we are different. And I think two people see health and fitness professionals and coaches, you know, perhaps like myself on gym floor and think, wow, she's really fit. Like, holy fuck, I could never be like that. I'm like, fit, she used to be 15 kilos heavier. <laughs> and I was like double the body fat percentage I am now and people are shocked. And it's like, well, if I can do it, you can also do it. It's not to say it's easy. Yeah, there's going to be some level of sacrifice. But if you're patient and not judging yourself every step of the way, it's, it's actually quite doable. Really, if you have those two things, if you're patient with yourself, and I think patience really ties into acceptance, then you'll get there. Mm -hmm. And it's just, again, what makes it easier, I think, is celebrating even the seemingly small things along the way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some days are easier to celebrate. Some moments are easier to celebrate than others. That's a muscle to flex as well, right? It's like, actually, you're allowed to celebrate that it's okay. Mm. And so refreshing to see people kind of like breathe a little differently when you tell them that. It's like, oh, I don't have to judge myself for that. I'm like, no. <laughs> you know, if I needed yeah. you to do something differently, I would share that with you and we would work on that together because we're a team. <laughs> you know, I'm not here to add to your stress level, but I'm here to help streamline the process for you so you can just yeah. get really busy at applying yourself with my support. I think that's our job as a coach, not to stress people out further by going into extremes, like even more so than what the fitness fucking industry already is, if we can call it a fitness industry. It's an, in it's an industry. It's, it's an industry. Let's not forget Aww, that. That's for sure. 
how do you, is that something you proactively work on with your clients? Do you have like a, a certain approach to as well when it comes to that awareness? Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people, I agree, I think a lot of people want to judge themselves and like yeah. comfortable telling themselves that they're not doing so well. And so, you know, for me, it's the question is always like, you know, what can we celebrate? And what did what worked mm. really well for you last week? You know, what Love do you that. want to keep and what do you want to keep doing? What are the stop, start, keep behaviours, you know, mm. start, stop, keep behaviours, something that That's I look in my corporate life that we would always do in like meetings and whatnot. Oh. Like, okay, so what are the great things? What are the things that, you know, weren't so great? And what do you want to keep doing? Because they're they're good for you, you, you like them and they're, they're positive. So I kind of try and encourage this kind of mindset around things. And of course, you know, to, to celebrate, to celebrate every single thing that we possibly can yeah. uh, so that we can be a positive force and a positive impact or when people, someone wants to judge themselves that they're not that strong this week mm. um, as compared to last week or whatever it might be, it's like, yeah, okay, maybe you're not as strong, but, you know, you've had six hours sleep, so give yourself a break <laughs> um, or, whatever the, or whatever the case might be, you know. I think it's important for us when people can't see the, the positive and the positives and their, their own wins, it's important mm. for us to be able to highlight that for them for um, sure. and remind them. I, I think too also remembering to look for what was it Aristotle's golden mean, you know, that that middle bit. Because if our thoughts always diverge to one end or the other, then we've just gotten really good at that, right? Mm. I mean, it's it's easy to look for a red car when you're thinking about red cars because that's where your attention is. So that's where your energy goes. And so thus you notice all the red cars on the road. Mm-hmm. If you've just practiced looking at the extremes a lot, then naturally you're just going to be really good at looking at massive success or major fuck-ups, right? Mm. And I think people forget that is a mental muscle to flex. Again, some days it's easier to see the middle ground. Some days it's easier to see, you know, the small wins, the small victories, you know, cautious of using the word small, but, you know, it doesn't have to be 10 kilos of weight loss or even a kilo of weight loss to be, a victory because often unless we repeat the you know seemingly smaller steps we never get to the bigger wins anyway right so I think people forget that they're good at seeing extremes because that's what they practiced mm-hmm. and if you want to get good at seeing success that doesn't look like massive success you know in flashing neon lights on Broadway then well, just you just have to work a little bit harder until that's second nature. You know, it's like how do you get good at doing lap pull downs or squats or deadlifts or push ups? Well, because you did one, you think you're going to be a freaking expert at it. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You kind of have to work a little harder at thinking differently. Yeah. And that also comes with the responsibility of parting ways with your current perspectives. And letting them sit on the side and not to say, you know, that your thought pattern changes overnight or instantly, of course not, but you can have awareness of your default thought pattern whilst also just observing it, just letting it be there and being, okay, well, my brain naturally went there. Cool. Thanks, brain. Thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. Appreciate that. And I'm an evolving human who is learning to see the middle ground and now I'm just going to spend, you know, like three minutes just breathing into the middle ground and just letting myself see the bit in between the extremes. Yeah. But when do, when do we practice that? Do you know, like I give it to my clients with homework. Yeah. I think that's a really great activity, so mm. to speak. Like, and it really reminds me a lot of meditation practice as well. mm. and the idea that just because you have a thought, it doesn't mean it's correct. Or it doesn't yeah. mean you have to go with it, right? Like you can have you will have a million thoughts a day. Doesn't mean that no. yeah. Doesn't mean <laughs> you have to believe it. Doesn't mean that you have to be emotionally invested in that thought. Mm-hmm. Correct. And I think that's it. Really reminded me quite a lot of that. You know, mm. To jump on our thoughts as if they are absolutely true because they are mm-hmm. just true to us at that time. Mm-hmm. Correct. And true to how we currently perceive ourselves, 
knowing that, again, if you've seen yourself the same way for the past year, three years, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, beyond, 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 then it's going to be very easy for us to default to continuing to see ourselves the same way. Again, the, the beauty, the essence of transformation really lies in going, okay, hold up, cool, thank you, thought. I'm going to just have you sit on my, my bread roll plate for a second whilst I create space for some new thoughts and some new mm-hmm. perspectives and some new observations and new ways to celebrate because I'm an evolving human who's not attached to those thoughts and I'm learning to see new and different and fun things about me. And, and small steps yeah, are better than leaps giant giant leaps yeah because you can only you know you can only leap so many times before you're exhausted yeah and people I think often are in such a hurry to get to that like that magic weight because I mean just because that's often a a common goal right it's a magical number on the scales and and people are so impatient people don't realize they're so impatient because they can't deal with their own self-judgment mm. and it's not I, often I feel it's not just the 10 kilos I know what 15 extra kilos feels like physically I know what that feels like it's it's not great but do you know I never thought less of myself at that weight Never. I think what I think you're a very unique exception. Yeah, because totally. I think a lot of people do totally apply that filter of self hatred or yeah. self despise because mm. of that number. And yeah. you know, I think something that I that I really learned from you is mm. that if you can't accept, at least you don't have to love, but if you can't accept the person that you are in the body that you are today. Mm nothing's going to change about how you see yourself correct in the future regardless of you know what because in the same way I agree yeah because in the same way that like addictions are exchangeable replaceable you know you give up smoking you start drinking you give up drinking you start something else you'll find another way to judge yourself it will be oh I don't earn enough money oh, I'm not intelligent enough, I need to go back to school, I need to study something else. And how many people do you see from immigrant backgrounds especially like do four, five degrees? And I'm like, for what? (laughs) I mean, if it's not actually helping you earn more or guess the role that you want, I can't help but feel like it's just because you feel insufficient in some way. And that you think this another expensive piece of paper is going to fill that void and it isn't. Just like, you know, people think that stream is going to fall from the sky. It's going to be a national freaking holiday that didn't they reach that magical number on the scales. I'm like, no one cares. Yeah. Like, sorry, but not And anyone cares. that does should be thrown in the bin. Exactly. Anyone who does care is an asshole. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, it just, we can't adequately quantify our value as, as humans with one number measuring one teeny tiny aspect of all that we are so completely echo i mean extremes kill dreams is what i keep saying we just can't get there overnight and i think two people don't realize the depth of work that needs to occur oftentimes in order to get there Mm. they think i'm just gonna cut carbs eat more protein drink less alcohol and run more i'm like cool let me know how that's going for you in about six weeks when you're completely exhausted and stressed and overwhelmed and hating life Mm. that's so true that's so true i think that you know the People need to, you know, I, I, you know, I really think, I think that it comes down to fit pros, wellness professionals, trainers, coaches, whoever, just being a little bit more realistic and being very transparent about what's involved and, you know, just help 
helping people navigate that journey, navigate those small steps and those small repeatable actions mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to overpromise, you know, when <laughs> someone has minimal movement or nutritional literacy or habits which are not leading them in the direction that they want to go. You know, I mm. think it's about being realistic but not completely demoralizing at the same time as well. You know, totally. It's about understanding that person in front of you, what are they able to do, helping mm-hmm. them navigate and, and, like you said, helping them come to the decision or helping them realize, be the decision maker in the process as opposed to you being the person that gives them the plan that they must follow for a certain number of weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's another red flag for me. Yeah, for sure. That does, yeah, made me think about another red flag for me when people just want to be told what to do. Mm. And like I often see this when people are accustomed to boot camps or group fitness classes, often they come to personal training and it's like they just want to be yelled at. And like, no, you have to think about your technique because I'm a technique freak. So if I don't see technique from you, I don't know what we're doing here. Like my whole point is to get you to execute something so buttery smooth and second nature that you turn up, you do your warm up, and you can show me beautiful repetitions. Then I can add enough weight to that exercise where your reps start to look ugly towards the end because then I know you're getting stronger. <laughs> you know, and, and so people often again want to outsource that responsibility. I'm like, no, you have to put thought into it. I'm not just going to tell you what to do because I don't live your lifestyle. I go grocery shopping for me. I train for me. <laughs> I, I drink well, probably close to 10 liters of water a day, but I have a very, very, very different, unique lifestyle. I'm not in corporate. I'm not sitting down for eight hours a day. I am not working with other time zones. Mm-hmm. So who the hell am I to even pretend to understand your challenges? I mean, not to say I like empathy. I absolutely try and grasp what someone's lifestyle is like but I don't live it so how do I know what that's like and then how do I know what that's like if you have a child or two children like I had no idea I mean it sounds challenging (laughs) but then I'm sure my lifestyle sounds really weird and different to other people too so I I think is a a really good coach just respects everyone's circumstances are different and everyone's lifestyle is different and how do we get you to be bit healthier given your lifestyle and what is it that you can do daily and weekly which is a bit different but not overwhelmingly stressful that's going to get you moving in the direction of your goals and success breeds success people are like I drank another liter of water today I'm like high five go you awesome let's do it again tomorrow and the next day if we can and the day after if you don't that's okay just get back on board totally yeah I think we got work to do we can accelerate a lot more, but also appreciate the differences that make people, you know, uniquely them as well, a lot more. I think it's been too top down for too long, this industry. And it's time we actually coach people. And by coach people, I mean, made an effort to understand them and build a relationship with them and display empathy towards their circumstances and help them navigate develop clean approaches which factor all of that in because it is just not helpful for most people to hear that they need to eat x amount of calories a day (laughs) and of those calories x amount need to be from protein and x amount need to be from carbs it's just not where most people are at right now at this moment so yeah but could not agree more could not agree more well, I so appreciate this conversation as always. Yes. I am so pleased with how the last one went really like that's gone. It's getting busted. <laughs> I really, really, I'm, I'm so sure that this one will do just as well. And we'll have your socials linked below so people can connect directly with you. Perfect. And, of course, we're going to send this to you once it's all put together and pretty. But, yeah, thank you so much for your Wonderful. insights. Always, always so helpful to kind of, you know, soundboard off another coach also in Singapore who, you know, sees similar people. So I'm going to switch this around in my mind a little bit longer and 
write down some some takeaways. So thank you, Jay. Awesome. Thank you, Laura. Have an amazing night. You too. Talk thank to you soon. Hon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye. Guys, that's it. That's a wrap. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Real Talk with your gal pal. That's me, Laura Rogers. Please be sure to leave us a review. Give us your feedback on what else you would like me to talk about. I always want to deliver content on things that excite you and are going to benefit you in your health and fitness journey. So do give us a review. Before you forget, I know you're busy. I've got to run off and record another episode. Do check us out on the other social media platforms listed below as well because you might just like what you see or hear there. So, you know, be sure to do that. I look forward to catching up with you in the next episode. And again, please leave us a review. Let us know your thoughts. It would mean the absolute world to me. Stay healthy and I'll see you in the next one.